Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. And here we are, third year anniversary of an immigrant's life. Before we embark on a journey of reflection, I want to express my deep appreciation to all the incredible guests who have graced our show and those who will join us in the future. Your time, courage, and the stories you've shared have made this podcast what it is today. I'm forever grateful, and I also want to thank you, you, the immigrant nation, who have supported this project with your unwavering love. This wouldn't have been possible without your support. When I first started this podcast, I never imagined we'd come this far. But here we are, still spreading the good word and celebrating the beauty of our diverse stories. Last year, when we were honored with an award from the Canadian Ethnic Media Association for being the best podcast, it was a surreal moment. Uh, it's not often that I reflect on my achievements, but this journey has been exceptional. What truly warms my heart is how our podcast has become a platform for our community to connect and collaborate. But what I really love the most, though, is some of our guests have become friends despite the distances that separate us. And I really, really love that. And I hope we continue to do that and grow this community. And I want to take this opportunity to just celebrate us, celebrate this community, and be grateful and be thankful to all of us. And I would like to continue on this journey with your help, obviously, because nothing will happen without you guys. And I want to say let's go and do more Probably a thousand episodes. You know what I'm saying? Now, I want to shift gears and let's dive into the new year with an extraordinary episode. This time, we're joined by an inspirational guest. Oh, by the way, I want to give you guys a heads up. Uh, We talk about suicide in this episode. And our guest suggested to mention that If you ever find yourself in a dark place, reach out to your loved ones or contact a suicide hotline. Uh, In the U.S., you can visit 988lifeline.org or call 988. And for our Canadian listeners, head to talksuicide.ca or call 1-833-456-456. If you're tuning in from a different part of the world and need help, please, please reach out. I'm here and you can always connect with me through my social media accounts or email. And I want to remind you, you are not alone. And with that, I want to tell you that in this powerful episode, we delve into a harrowing journey of addiction, redemption, and the enduring power of love. What makes it even more special is that our guest turns the table asking me about my daily routine, hobbies, and some personal information. And I hope you enjoy it. So 
without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a miniature painter enthusiast. He's an exceptional artist that creates miniature characters, but his inner strength exceeds the abilities of the warriors he builds. Everyone, please welcome Michael Bareda. Wow, that was a really, a really nice intro. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I know this was long time coming and it was a bit, yeah. I guess, hard for you, but I really do appreciate that you accepting this. Yeah, of course. I think when you asked me first, I, you know, I kind of didn't know what I was going to come here and talk about, um, mm. you know, and I, I think I'm in a better place now. So I think, I think it was the right time. Yeah. Nice, nice. Before we get to your story, why don't you tell the Immigrant Nation where they can reach you or if you want to promote anything? Uh, yeah, uh, you could check out my Instagram. It's Mike Newtype, all one word. Um, mm. That's pretty much it. Why is Mike Newtype? Why did you choose that handle? So, so when I when I started in the hobby, um, I started building uh, Gunpla Gundam models, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Newtype is like, I guess if it was to be compared to Star Wars, um, it's like the Jedi. So, like Newtypes were like exceptional pilots, and um, you know, I just thought it was cool. I was surprised it wasn't taken. Um, and it's easy, it's easy to remember, like, you know, it kind of, it kind of has a ring. It's funny. Cause like people at work call me Mike Newtype and <laughs> you know, my, my friends call me Mike Newtype. It's, mm. it's funny. Um, but yeah. Um, That's awesome. How did you get into building this miniature, uh, bonhomes? I, I don't know what you call it. I just call it bonhomes in French. Um, so, you know, uh, my friend at work, Wayne, uh, one day, you know, I showed him pictures of my Gundams and, um, the, the communities are, are pretty sim similar. Um, mm. a lot of the tools for each one, they, they you know, they go hand in hand. Mm. Uh, one, one day he, you know, he's like, Hey, have you ever painted Warhammer? And I was like, no, nah, I haven't. And he brought me a miniature and then I painted it. It was mm. terrible. It was so bad. It was so bad. It's your uh, first one, you know? Yeah, right. So then I just put it away and then I didn't touch a paintbrush for like three months, you know? <laughs> Why? Because you were like so disappointed with your creation? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, um, it, something drew me back to it and I, I'm glad because uh, it came at a good time in my life, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. What do you mean by that? Um. I think, um, I mean, you know, I, you know, I was a drug addict, um, Hmm. and you know, I'm, I'm clean now. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you know, I was missing something, you know, and I needed like a creative out outlet, you know, my job, it's like, you know, uh, I'm a facilities engineer and I, you know, I fix things and there's not really room to like be creative. Like something breaks, you know, you got to fix it. You know, there's only like one way to fix it the right way, you know, <laughs> in most cases, some, sometimes you could be creative, hmm. but um, I needed a creative outlet uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't have one. Um, and it, you know, 
it it was the best thing for me mm. really what was the drug of choice um it's uh opiates okay so um started with oxycontin do you want me to tell the story hey yes sir okay um so uh going back to high school uh senior year hmm. uh me and my friends we had a friend who um his stepdad was a cop <laughs> um he hurt his back and uh you know he wasn't working and he gave his son a bottle of oxycon hmm. uh oxycon 20 milligram uh he brought it to to school and uh he's like I don't know what to do with these. And like being a dumb kid, like I've never touched drugs by that time. Mm-hmm. You know, we were like, "Hey, um l- let's try it." And uh we, you know, we all took one and like, you know, I'd keep it in my wallet and I'd break like little pieces off. I'd take it before a class. Mm-hmm. A- and and I noticed that you know, I was more outgoing. I part- I participated more. Mm-hmm. Um you know it like kind of brought me out of my shell um yeah man and then i got hooked when i went to college it was like you know it was the same thing wait yeah. when of course your friend brought this bunch of pills right once it was finished did you start buying yeah from other people mm. yeah but before that was there like an inkling that you could be a drug addict or an addict of that sort Mm, I don't think so. No. Mm. And so how long did it last from high school to um from high school to um I would say like 20 like 2013. Wow. Um but it was bad. Um mm. you know, um I uh you know I I went to go see a psychiatrist and um you know I told them that I had anxiety so they prescribed me Xanax um and I was going through a real tough time um I wasn't happy and uh one day I just like chugged the bottle um you the know whole thing. um what's that the whole thing uh most of it Ooh. but like enough enough to like you know kill myself mm-hmm. um thank god for my sister uh sh- she saw me um mm-hmm. and she called the ambulance right away um and I, i i'll never forget you know um the the medic came in and they came in with a cop and like i'm so delusional i'm so crazy that i thought that she was setting me up I you know and I thought she was like trying to get me arrested you know and I never forget she was like you know um you you looked crazy like that wasn't you you looked like a demon hmm. you know and then it was like they took me to the hospital um they pumped my stomach out um when I woke up my mom was there hmm. you know she's just like don't don't do this again Um so you know I got back home my dad's like now what like what do you what do you want to do hmm. I was like I want to go to rehab so I went to rehab 
I was in a seven day detox for opiates and Xanax. Mm-hmm. And um, on the seventh day, I got a call to to come down to the office because I had a phone call. Hmm. They don't, you don't in rehab, you're not allowed to receive phone calls. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was bad. I knew something bad happened. Uh, I answered the phone and my friend told me that our our best friend uh, from college had passed away from an overdose. Oh boy. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he said that they wanted me to be his pallbearer and I left against like the wishes of the doctor. I left and, um, you know, I went there and like, when I went to the funeral, the the mom knew that I was like, also like going through it. Hmm. And she's like, please, like, please don't end up like him, like live in his honor. Like, don't let his death be in vain. So that really stuck with me. Um, and then I was good. You know, I was good. Yeah. Uh, let me just go back a little bit. When you took the Xanax bottle and you said you were not in a good uh, mentally position, what were you going through? What was what pushed you to take those pills? I, I was really depressed. I was honestly, like, hallucinating. Hmm. It's, it's crazy because... You know, I got kicked out of college. I thought everything was going like wrong for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of like in that mindset that like, you know, like why is why is the world picking on me? Like, you know, what? and like that's a terrible mindset. That's not what it is. Like it is like what you make it. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, we had another friend that that passed away. Um mm-hmm his uh fresh uh his freshman year in college and i was like hallucinating and i saw him in like a vision and he said come with come with me to this side oh boy and you know i just like a like a zombie i just walked over to like my nightstand and i just chugged the bottle you know that's heavy yeah um Yeah, I've, lo- I've lost a lot of friends, man. Mm. It's no joke. Um, oh, I can imagine. I, I, I have the addiction in my family too, and I grew up with, you know, with families addicted, and I've seen people from, like, doing well, business, uh, had a great job to, like, absolute zero. Right. So that's right. why I, I completely understand what you're going through. I mean, I wasn't the addict, thankfully, but right. a family member was. And it was it was tough, you know. What were they What were they using? Uh, it was in the Philippines, so it was ma- shabu. It's, yes, shabu. shabu. Yeah, yeah, shabu. Which is what is it? Meth or? Uh, it's meth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you mentioned family. How did yeah. you, your family get affected by your addiction? Um, yeah. um, I was I was a monster. Um. You know, everyone was walking on eggshells around me. Hmm. Uh, you know, I was getting into fights with everyone. You know, I was leaving the house, not, you know, letting my parents know where I was going. I would just hmm. disappear for a long time. What is long um, time? Like, like a day, like a full hmm. day. Okay. You know, overnight, like overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my 
my mom doesn't really like when you sleep over someone's house. She wants you to come home. Immigrants, um, mom. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was, I didn't care. I didn't, you know, I didn't care about anybody. I would do whatever it took to like get, get my fix. Like mm. it was just like, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, so you, you said you were a demon because of the drugs. When you were going through the addiction, was there like a day or a moment you're like, this is not right what I'm doing here? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was times where, you know, I knew like this wasn't me. Even like when I went to rehab, I remember thinking that like I saw everyone in there and I was like, this is not me. I thought I was better than those people, which is not the truth. I was just as bad as all of them. You know, it's like you, you rationalize like, just be, you know, if anyone ever said they're like, um, what's the word? They're like a functioning addict. Hmm. That's bullshit. Like there, there's no such thing, hmm. you know, it'll, it'll always catch up to you. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, but luckily, uh, you know, I was able to turn my life around, uh, mm. you know, after I got out of rehab, my brother-in-law, um, he, he lives in, he lives in Jersey. He was like, Hey, um, I could get you a job, um, in Jersey, but wow. you gotta be, you gotta be good, like clean. And, mm. uh, you got to stay with me during the week. And mm. I was like, sure. Um, so he got me a job as uh, it was an HVAC technician for a data center. Mm. And, you know, it was, it was good. It, it, it saved me, you know, to a point. And then this guy got hired and we worked together and one day he was like hey do you mind taking a ride somewhere oh here mind, we you, mind you i've been clean for i want to say like three years hmm. um he's like hey do you want to take a ride so i was like sure you know we were on the clock i was like whatever um he drives to patterson patterson new jersey um, if anybody knows Patterson, it's not, you know, not the best place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he picks up from some guy and he gets in the car and like, in like two minutes, he breaks out this bag. He like has this routine and he just snorts this thing. Mm. I was so confused. I didn't even know what it was. And he was like, uh, have you ever done heroin? And I'm like, no, nah, I haven't. Um, and I know it's like an opiate, like, um, so, you know, I tried it. Hmm. Um, and then what became like, it, it just became a routine. Like we'd work together. We go to Patterson and like, we pick up, um, at that moment, what made you, you try it? 
Um, I guess I was still missing something. I, I have this habit of like seeing doctors getting prescribed medicine and then, you know, like antidepressants and, um, you know, anti-anxiety stuff. And then when I'm good, I like jump off the medicine thinking yeah. like, Oh, I'm good. When that's mm-hmm. not the case, like you're good because you're, you're on, you're taking medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did. I think I was just missing something. Um, and I thought I could manage it. Mm-hmm. I thought I could do it like here and there, mm. y- you know, it's, I don't know. So what happened when it became a habit and became an addiction again, what happened to the job? What happened to your life? I was still working. I was still working. Uh, I was really good at covering it up. Um, and then I was dating someone else at the time and we broke up and when we broke up, I got clean. Um, she was, you know, I, I don't want to talk bad about her, but I felt like she was like enabling me. Mm. She used to use too. That's why I was like, yeah. Um, and then I started seeing my, my wife now, Mm. um, I started seeing her and uh, I don't know, I just, she, she made me want to stop, you know, she became um, your drug. She became my drug and I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose her. I, I, my wife, I met her in middle school Wow. and we dated all throughout middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And then fresh, freshman year, we dated a little bit and then we broke up and then we came back together. So, wow. like, I've known her for, like, half my life. Meant to be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's my rock. Did she know that you were a drug addict? I told her. Uh, I'll never We were at the gym, and mm. we got in the car, and I broke down, and I told her everything. Mm. And she was so supportive, you know, and she didn't make me feel bad. She didn't, like, shame me. Um she was just kind of like, what do we, you know, what do we do now? Um, so after that, I started seeing a doctor and they prescribed uh, Suboxone. You're familiar? No. Yeah. So it's like a drug that it attaches to your opioid receptors mm-hmm. and um, it makes it so like you can't, if you do use, you can't get high um, and you take it every day. Um, and I was on that for a while. Um, and then th- things, things, things were looking up. Um, I moved to Jersey city and she moved into the, into financial, uh, district. Hmm. Um, we were there, um, you know, happy couple, things were good. And then, um, our leases were up and we moved, we moved in together. Um, and it just kind of worked out. Amazing. Um, and since then, you haven't used? No. How long? Uh, I want to say like seven years. God bless, man. Yeah. Yeah. How do you fight the demon every day? <laughs> I, it, the craziest thing is like, honestly, I, I, I do take medicine. I do mm-hmm. take like uh, an, an antidepressant and like a mood stabilizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, part of it, part of it, 
the reason why I went to drugs is like, I think I was like self-medicating. Like, I mm -hmm. think I was like, I had something that I didn't get, you know, diagnosed. Um, and I, and I was self-medicating. Um, I think now that I'm on medicine, like I'm, I'm even, um, you know, I, you have bad days, but I'm even, mm -hmm. um, I'm not, you know, I'm, that, that and then also like I you know I like my life I I really do and like I don't want to I don't want to mess it up I like where mm -hmm. I'm at you know I love my wife I love my family hmm. you know I love where I live I, I really like my job too hmm. and then also you know painting miniatures that's you know it if if I had, I don't know, I, I can't say for certain, but maybe if like I discovered like miniature painting when I was using, I would have, I don't know, maybe have been able to, you know, get off the drug sooner. Hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't say that. Um, I could honestly say that I don't crave it anymore. I'm happy for you, man. That's I know it's hard. Yeah. It's uh, it's just that darkness. It's like the the darkness of the darkest of the dark. Yeah. It's just a cloud in the house that lives in just right. like you said earlier, like people around you is in eggshells. Because mm -hmm. yeah. you never know. One minute Mike's the greatest guy ever. The right. Next minute he's a goddamn demon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's like dealing with anything like that, go get help. Like, go mm -hmm. get help. Go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this is not look. It, I can't speak for everyone, but this is something that you can't do alone. Mm. You know, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's it's so much easier when you have people in your corner. Mm -hmm. um, and that was another thing too. I had a great support system. You know. Mm. You know everyone around me no no one really made me feel bad about it they knew it was a problem mm -hmm. i know that's not the case for everyone um but yeah if you could see a doctor see a doctor you know definitely what strategies or resources have you been using and the most helpful through your long recovery um like exercise hmm and staying busy. I, I have a lot of hobbies. Like what? Um, you know, I, I like to go to the gym. I like to run. Um, mm. I like to play video games, uh, mini miniature painting. And then I, I love I love movies and TV shows. Um, mm. You know, I watch everything. And then I'll watch a breakdown video of what I just watched. You know. <laughs> what a nerd. I love it. Yeah. So, oh, did I, like, what did I miss? You know, oh, I, I knew that was important. Like, <laughs> so. That's funny. But let me just ask a little bit. Uh, your parents, are. what's your background? What's your uh, uh, history? Yeah. I kind of I wish we started with this first. Oh. Uh, th th and then got into the heavy stuff. But, mm. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, my my mom is Filipino. My dad's Cuban. Mm. Um, 
1974, my grandpa was working for the U.S. Embassy in the Philippines. Hmm. Um, yeah, he was uh, uh, a CPA. Um, yeah, yeah the number guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, he was able to apply for his visa to come here. So he came here in 74, and then in 76, in 76, um, he asked my grandma to come by herself. Hmm. My grandma's like, I, I guess that's like a common thing where like, you know, people leave the Philippines and they just send money to their family. Yeah. Um, the brown tax. Yeah. The highest tax out there. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, she she wasn't having it. Um, she had six kids, my mom and, you know, the five brothers and sisters. And uh, she's like, I'm not coming unless everyone comes. So she came with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, they came to Elmhurst, Queens. Um, and they lived in like a small apartment building. And then they kind of just like, you know, built themselves up from there. He... My, my grandpa opened up a store and he was, he was still working. And then he opened up a store. Every, everyone used to work at the store. Um, yeah. What kind of store? Uh, just like a convenience store. Uh, like bodega. Yeah. Bodega. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Do you call it, do you call it bodega in, in, uh, Canada? Oh, uh, no, there's no bodega. It's called like Depanor. What is it called? Depanor. Is that a Filipino word? No, it's a French word. Oh. <laughs> well, it's in Quebec, Montreal, where oh, I'm at. They, that's what they call it. But convenience store. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, but if you're in Quebec, they call it Depanel. Right. Okay. So your parents are immigrants, right? And, you know, immigrant parents have this different mentality. They're, they put a lot of pressure to their kids to succeed yeah. because we came here to succeed, right. not to fool around. Uh, Did that added to your uh, pressure and addiction to your towards your addiction um i don't think honestly my mom wasn't that bad i know what you're talking about mm -hmm. my, my mom wasn't my, my mom was cool she did, like i don't know she didn't put she didn't put, maybe it was because she didn't put pressure on us mm. you know maybe that's why um but I mean, we were good kids. Like I was getting good grades, you know, I was class president. Like I was, I was doing my thing, you know, I, she didn't really put that much pressure, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I'd probably say, nah, I don't, I don't think. That's great to hear. But when you're going through that darkness, how was the family towards you? Were they supportive? They're like, Mike, come on, man, get your shit right, bro. Or was it like, Mike, get the out of here. Yeah. No, they never, they never kicked me out. It was, you know, how are you going to beat this? Hmm. You know, how, how, I, I don't, I don't like saying the word like beat, you know, I, th I think a lot of people want to beat things. I think that's not the right word to use. I think it's like learn how to manage, hmm. you know, cause there's some people that never beat it, but if you can manage it and you could find ways to, you know, stay healthy and get around it. Um, I feel like for some people that's like the better option. Um, yeah. So like, I, I, I think, um, you know, learning to manage is probably the better 
better term for it. Um, mm. But yeah, they were supportive. They were, they were very supportive. Um, they're a huge part. They were a huge part of uh, my recovery. Mm. Definitely. Great to hear that. Is there like a time in you, like a time of the day? I know you've always been busy and you're doing these beautiful, great things and you're surrounded by people, but addiction is always going to be there, like you said, right? Like you don't, yeah. you cannot kill it. I call it the demon in the basement. Right. Once in a while you go down and you'll be like, yo, what's up, homie? Yeah. I'll give you a 10 in the face today, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then the next day, maybe I'll let you in for a little bit. Right. But you got to like continue it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, was there a time, sometimes you'll be like, oh, man, I miss it. Um, I, no, you know what it is? Like, I never want to go back to that life. Mm. I have, I, I can't, you know, I don't want to lose like the life I have now. Um, I, I mean, you know, I, w when I say I've been clean, I don't mean, um, like clean, just clean from like hard drugs. Mm. Um, I do, I do drink, um, uh, socially, you know, um, and then I, I do smoke marijuana. Mm -hmm. So, um, but not a crazy amount. Usually it's just like before bed to fall asleep. Um, that's not drugs by the way. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, don't, I, know, I never counted. Even when I was growing up in the Philippines, I never counted. And like, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, a, it's a plant. It's not drugs. Right. Is it is it true that like the penalty for like having weed in the Philippines is like super crazy? Like uh, you're going to be in jail for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's insane. It's like you could get like a like a stick. Right. And it's for you. You're not selling it. Right, right. You're going to jail. Well, prison if you're lucky. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Like and everyone said a lot of people smoke. I grew up. I don't like smoking weed. I don't like drugs cuz like I said Right. Uh, there was drugs in the family. And I was like, I don't want to do anything. I smoked weed, yes, but right. I never enjoyed it. It's not my thing. I love yeah. smoke. I do drink socially. Right. But yeah, it's um, it's not my thing. Like, it's I just, agree. I mean, I grew up with, you know, Shabu, like seeing Shabu yeah. being mm -hmm. sold by kids and everything. Yeah. But that's one thing I told myself, like, I will never, ever do drugs, ever. I've seen drugs in front of me being like my friends will do drugs in front of me. Right. And I watch them and some of them, thankfully, some of them are nice. They're like, hey, get out of here, bro. They don't want me to smell the whatever there, I guess. Right. And But I was like, I just want to see it. I'm not, I'm never going to do it, but yeah. I just want to see it. But I, that's one, thankfully, that's why I don't have that one. That's great. That's you great. Know, I'm lucky. I don't have that one. Yeah. Um, but I do get into things. Yeah. You know, like positive things though. Like, uh, yeah. you what know. are your hobbies? What are you? Hobby? I have a few, like you. Oh, basketball. Basketball, obviously. Yeah. Uh, cycling. I love like going like long distance cycling. Nice. Like, we're talking about like 100 kilometers, like mm -hmm. that. Uh, I do podcasting, it's my thing. Uh, I, recently, I, get back, I got back in coaching basketball with, with my son. So that, and. I haven't done it in a while because, again, I'm super busy, and especially in the summer. But I do, I create, I recycle paper. What? Um, like used paper, I'll recycle them and make like notebooks and, oh, and shit. whatever about them. And, and then I'll put by buying on it. 
um, like newspaper, you said? No, you- well, uh, yeah, it depends. It usually it's like, uh, you know, like, you know, just, um, white paper. Yeah, yeah. From the office, like shit like that. So right. I'll, I'll process them and then I'll recycle them. How how'd you get into that? That's, <laughs> I never know. That's uh-huh. cool. Thank I you. Yeah. It's just, I remember when I was young in the Philippines, I, I saw this show and they were recycling paper. I'm like, I like that shit. Uh, maybe I'll do that, you know? But I never, ever did, did it. it. Like, ever. Yeah. And then last year, I wanted to do by buying. You know what by buying is? Um, no. It's the old writing, uh, writing style in the Philippines. Okay. So is it like similar to calligraphy? Or it is calligraphy Filipino style. Okay, cool. It's, this is like pre-colonial, pre-Spanish nice. pre- and everything, right? Nice. And so I was like, I wanted to do it, and I have kids. So I was like, you know, I want to I wanna make something for the kids, for my kids. And I said, oh, I'm going to do it by buying. But I said, okay, cool. I could write in the paper, but, you know, there's yeah. no, like, extra. I want some sparkle, you know. I want some right, punch. Right. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm going to recycle paper, and then I'm going to put the by buying on it. And that's what I did. I started making awesome. it and I made some for my mom. Excuse me. I sold some. I sold some pieces to some friends. I sent some. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say once I have my stuff, I'll send you some. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. I'd love that. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, I'll just, I just enjoy it. It's very zen-like. I'm pretty sure yeah. the same feeling when you're painting your, your guys. You, you know? get into like a flow state and yeah. you just, you know, yeah. It's, it's just like do the thing and you're just like you're not thinking about work, you're not thinking about whatever else. You just I wanna make the best colored or paper right. or whatever you're trying to make, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, that's one of my things. And working out. It's yeah. I, yeah, I love working out. I see out. you. I see you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I try. I do it in the base. Well, I got injured. I got injured, so I haven't worked out in a while, but I need yeah. that's which kind of sucks because yeah it kind of threw me into a loop of like my i love my routine do you have a routine yeah i do yeah yeah me, yeah, me and my wife have like a pretty pretty good routine how important routine to you uh it's 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 really important if i don't do it i like something's off and i mm. i don't feel like myself mm. um it's crazy so um, when we moved into our new apartment, we were looking for a gym and, uh, um, there's a 24 hour fitness. That's a five minute walk from our apartment. And we signed. So the, what we did was instead of buying like two memberships, one for me and one for her, mm-hmm. we got one membership and she gets a buddy. So she, it's her membership, but she can bring somebody. Mm-hmm. So every day after work, we, you know, we go together and it's the only way I can go. Like she could go, you know, without me, but most times like, you know, we pretend like we could only go together. So on a day that I don't want to go, um, she'll be like, Hey, no, I want to go. I'm like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, so it, it's a really cool way to kind of keep each other in check um mm. it's, it's really funny but then on the days where we both don't want to go yeah. like let's, let's order food let's get complaints. <laughs> let's, let's be fat yeah let's get <laughs> you know let's get tacos <laughs> um, 
No, but it's cool. So we, on average, I would say we go like five days a week. There was a stri- there was a stretch of days where we were going like six days every every week. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, you know, the physical aspect is is great. I love it. You know, mm. um, but the mental part, man, it, like the clarity, like. You can't, you feel that. Yeah, you can't, you, can't, you can't. If you can bottle that thing and sell it, you'll be richer than Bezos. Right, right. It's insane. Yeah. But you know, I do love working out and I do like the the sense of accomplishment. But I think my favorite is cycling. Nice. Cycling is, that's my drug. Nice. It's just like... When I go for 100 kilometers, like there's mm. hills and hills and hills and I'm half dead and there's a few more yeah. kilometers. And it just like, it pushes me to a certain level and it makes me st- mentally stronger. Yep. And you know, it's funny, even though you're dying and you, I, I always tell myself, this is going to end. There's no way it's not going to end. Right. Exactly. Because if it doesn't end, what, I'm just going to sit here? On the side of the road, it doesn't make sense. You know? Yes, I can call my wife, pick me up. That will never happen. Right, obviously. right. A few years ago, I think two years ago, I fell. I like, I smashed my body. I fell wow. off the bike. I didn't call my wife. I biked like 50 more kilometers. <laughs> I was fooling around. I was like with my buddy and I was like, tried to grab him. I was, I was grabbing the handlebar with the, my left hand and it was like in a weird position. And I tried to grab my body, and I was just—I wasn't paying attention, to be honest. Uh-huh. And I just like slammed my body, slammed my head, and yeah. I, to, the funny thing was, I was better than my friend. My friend was panicking, right, right. And I was just chill. I'm pretty—I'd like to think that when there's something uh, emergency, I'm pretty chill. Like I don't nice. panic. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so I didn't like. He's like, oh my God, we have to call your wife. We have to call your wife. I'm like, bro, chillax. I'm good, dude. I've just, I've been through worse, you know? And so, yeah, I bike and I said, I'm not going to call my wife because if I call her, she's going to panic. She's going to pick me up and I will never bike again. Oh, man, that's great. You know? You said, um, you said your routines, um, is your routine important to you? A hundred percent. What, what is your what is your routine? My routine is I wake up in the morning, do my morning stuff. Yeah, because you're up. You're you're up. Like we're we're like messaging each other at like six thirty, seven in the morning. I'm like, damn, he's up. Five thirty. I wake up five thirty. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Five thirty. I go down. Well, of course, I'm injured. I haven't done working out, but tomorrow I'm gonna try to push myself a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I'll work out while I'm working out. My kids are getting ready for school. Mm-hmm. And then during the workout, I have to stop to make sure that I see them out the door. So right. bye, you know, tell them how much I love them, even though it's yeah. not true. <laughs> but yeah, so, and then after that, I'll go back. Uh, once I'm done my routine, I'll do some stretches. I'll do some yoga, I guess, if you want to say that. Nice. Yeah. And then I'll do some prayers. Nice. I do, I do meditate and That's then... Awesome. I'll pray and then I say three things that I'm grateful for. Wow. Whatever that is. It could be like, oh, thank you for Mike for spending yeah. time with me and having conversation or whatever it is. Thank you for the sunlight, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then I do some breathing exercises that helps a lot. Nice. And then ready to go. 
That's awesome. Yeah. How, really... how long is that that routine take roughly? From waking up? Yeah. I'll say about maybe two hours. No, six thirty. No, I'm lying. Maybe almost almost two hours. Almost two hours. Yeah. Let's say. You that, know. That's great. That's awesome. I I I like if like now I'm kind of in a not so good place actually, right. right? Because I couldn't do my workout normally. Yeah. You know, so I'm like uh, instead of because I what I love about working out is. I have to do I it's not even a question of like I should do it it's just like oh if I wake up uh, I'm going to do the thing yeah if I don't do the thing I'm like oh you you you're I, if I don't have routine I am lost like I am what lost do, what do you notice like when you're not in your routine like what what like suffers you um, know uh nothing really suffers like or like my family, I always make sure I take care of. It's just, right. it's mostly for mostly for me personally. Like yeah. one minute, I'm really like to the T, dude. Like there's certain time I have to do that same exact thing. Nice. And I'll be like, oh shit, uh, uh, I have time. I'm gonna shower later. And the next thing you know, like oh, I need to shower now. Yeah. You know, and I don't like that. Right. Um, I I hate it. I hate that feeling. I feel like. You know, I'm not being productive. I'm yeah. not being like, like, I'm not a child. You know, I want like efficient. I think might be it. I I hate I hate rushing. I I like to be ready for things. I I hate rushing. Mm, you know, hundred uh, percent. But I'm not. I I do it. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, not me. I always like give myself like at least fifteen minutes. Or even twenty to do something like I, I want to like, uh, like just like okay, decompose, and then let's go. Right. You know things like that. Do you have a therapist right now? Yes. Yeah. I actually saw him yesterday. Hmm. Yeah. How often do you go? Um. Every three weeks. Every three weeks. Okay. Good. Yeah. Do you go more than once every three weeks? Sometimes. Um, I mean, unless, unless something severe, I, unless something severe happens where I feel like I need to need to see him, but for the most part, no, if I have a question about like, there was a time where I had a new doctor and they prescribed me something and it totally, it fucked me up. Like, (laughs) you know, and, um, I was like, like, doc, I can't take this. You know, I'm having such a bad reaction to it. You know, I was getting sloppy at work. You know, I was making mistakes. Um, I was like, we got to change this. He's like, yeah, okay. You know, um, but yeah, for the most part, um, you know, every three weeks. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Sorry, that question that you asked earlier that said, what do you notice? Another one that I've noticed is I get into this funk of like, I don't know if it's depression or whatever, but I get like, my energy goes down and I, I get melancholic. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I, I need that routine. I need that, you know, that's one important to me. I wish I knew that when I was younger. My God, man. Yeah. That would have helped a lot. Yeah. Because I, I usually get that, like, this. you know how it is. Like, you get into this, like... like rut. Rut, yeah. You just, yeah. And be like, well, what's going on here, bro? Mm-hmm. Today, I was like, yo, you got to wake up, dude. 
Hey, yeah, I spoke to myself. I'm like, yo, hey, we got to do something, bro, because there's something wrong here. We need to do something. So I'm going to try to do that. I also do, um, I try journaling, but I feel like it's real tough. It is tough. Holy garbage. I even do like the five minute journal. Like I just put, bro, it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Props to anybody who, who journals every day. That's that's tough, man. It's amazing, yeah. But oh. I do like audio journaling. Okay. So what I usually do is if something is bothering me mm-hmm. and I cannot get around it for some reason, mm-hmm. before driving to work, I'll record myself talking. Nice. And I'll be like, yo, dude, well, what's going on here? You know, like, uh-huh. well, this is what's bothering me. And it, that helps me a lot. And one of um, one of my, um, well, one of my my uh, therapist, she said, I think you go through. I think you need to to talk to work yourself out of your rut. Uh-huh. Oh, so you see a, a you see a therapist too? I used to, but not not anymore. Because she's like, you're good. Come yeah. back when you're not. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so but uh, it but therapy is. Yeah. Life saving. Do you do you listen to those audio um like journaling or do you just you know it's just to kind of like say it out loud and like get it out of you? Mm-hmm. Or do you actually like go back and listen to like what was going on? No, I say it loud loud and I move on. Yeah. Nice. Mo- like like I said earlier, like most of the time I figure it out. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's what's bothering me. Uh, I don't know why, but that's my process. You know, it's so yeah. weird. Because uh-huh. I'm very, even though the, I have the podcast, I'm very private. Right. I'm yeah. not a type of person that like rants at people. Like, yeah. you know, you know, like, oh, Mike, dude, oh my God, work. Yeah. This and that. I don't like that. I feel like, dude, you have your own cross already. Right. I don't want to give you my cross. Yeah. Though I get it. Yes, a friend does that, but I don't know. I guess that's one thing I need to work on. Yeah, I I do. So going back to like my routine with uh, my wife, mm-hmm. uh, it's a five minute walk, and on that five minute walk from our apartment to the gym, we say everything that's bothering us, and mm-hmm. then you know, like I had a shitty day at work this annoyed me and we'll go it's funny like we go home and you could kind of tell like we both kind of had like a stressful day and we're like do you want to go or I'll, I'll, let me go first and then you go <laughs> you know? and we'll just say it and then we'll work out you know and that's it we won't talk about it you wow. know that, you know you got um, an angel dude she's she's amazing holy yeah. garbage she's amazing yeah yeah I'm, I'm very lucky um i i think um I don't know. It, she, if it wasn't for her, I don't know if I'd be where I'm, where I am now. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's somebody that you want to like be the best version of yourself for. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I remember when we first started dating again. She worked um, for this uh, company uh, called New York Cares. It's like the biggest like volunteer organization in the city. Mm. And, you know, I was trying to impress her and I was like, I was volunteering to all her, like, all her <laughs> program. I'm like walking dogs in Brooklyn. I'm doing bingo at, in like some project building in like Harlem. I'm like, yeah, I love this. You know, whatever. I mean, I, I did so many. Um, but yeah, 
but I'm glad I did because, like, you know, that shit feels good. Like giving back, you know, mm. um, you know, acts it of service, acts of service, man. Like, yeah. you know, it can't be all about you. You got to give back. Hundred percent. I, I know. Like, I I wish I could do that. I mean, I could probably, but I'm lazy. You know, like I try if. What I do is I try to save some stuff and then send right. it to the Philippines. Nice. Send uh, money. Buy in box. But like buy in box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So like my mom is leaving to visit again. So I send her like so much stuff. Nice. And then she's like, okay, we'll give it out to the kids, you know, or whatever, the neighbors. Yeah. That, um, I well, I, I don't know if it's volunteering, but I volunteer as a coach in this uh, uh, house uh, basketball league. Yeah, man. So that's volunteering. Yeah, I guess so. But my friend was like, my friend's an asshole. He's like, well, would you volunteer if your kid wasn't there? I said, no, but still, I'm volunteering. Oh, that's funny. You know? Hey, listen, I love coaching, but it will be hard for me to coach when my kids are not there, you know? Right. Yeah. Maybe when they're older, to be honest, because I do really enjoy coaching. Right. You know, it. It learned, I learned so much about myself and about being a better dad because of coaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool that you get that time with your son. Um, that's awesome. Are you planning to have kids? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Nice. Um, Are you not afraid that maybe they got that the they get the demon? Um, no, nah, I'm just hoping they get more of my wife than me. <laughs> Nah. That's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. But um I I feel bad. I I, I said I talked about my mom and I, I want my dad to listen and I kinda wanna tell his story too. Of course, yes. Him coming here. Um so my dad leaving Cuba, uh he came here in nineteen eighty during the Mariel Boatliff. Jimmy Carter mm. was president and like he Come over. over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fidel Castro was like, you want Cuban so bad? We'll give you the worst of the bunch. So, like, <laughs> you know, it gave us, like, criminals and, like, you know, he gave, like, gay people and then, like, mentally, you know, challenged people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't, I don't know how true this is. I don't know if my dad's just joking, but he said, like, he grew an afro. He wore, like, big platform shoes and, like, tight pants. And he was, like, trying to play off like he was gay. Um, <laughs> just to know, escape? Just, just to escape. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's just kidding, but that's what that's what he told me. I don't blame him. I'm sure it's half true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he got on a boat and... Um, Wait, what kind of boat are we talking about? Like, I think it was like a regular, like, it was a pretty big boat. Okay, Not, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it was, <laughs> I think it was like a United States, like, boat. It definitely, mm, okay. it was an American boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were, they came from Cuba and then they were, uh, they were going to uh, Key West. Mm. And uh, my dad said that as soon as they saw land, so they thought that, like, they were going to hit, the soil and then they were just going to be free to go. That, okay. that wasn't the case. Uh, when they landed, um, he actually, before they, they touched uh, land, he jumped off the boat with like three other guys and swam to shore. Cause <laughs> like something, something's going to happen. Like we're not going to make it. Um, mm. 
And as soon as he made it to the beach, uh, Coast Guard picked him up. Uh, they picked they picked up everybody on the boat, mm. and they took him to a refugee camp in Arkansas at a Fort Fort Chaffee, I think it's called. Wait, from Florida to Arkansas? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, right? Um, and then it's funny because like when I first heard this story, I I got like these roles reversed. I so in the in the refugee camp, they were, you know, they would give them like yard time. And I was told that like, you know, there was people lining up outside of the gates and they were throwing rocks inside. Hmm. The, the actual story is that there was KKK members that were, they were like circling the the yard on the outer gate and the Cubans started throwing the rocks. I'm like, yeah, that changes everything, you know? So um, I thought that was pretty cool. That's funny, man. Damn Cubans. Um, Have you ever been to Cuba or your dad yeah. been back? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've uh, been there uh, like five times. The, the last time I went, I think was in 2017. But like when I was in school, high school, we would go like almost... I don't know, like every couple years we'd go. Because mm. um, when my dad came, he was the only person in his family that was here. It's way different now. A lot of his a lot of his brothers and sisters, all my cousins are, are in America. But, you know, like 15 years ago, he was the only one in the States. Mm. Um, so if he wanted to see his mom, he had to go back, you know. And, you know, before that, you know, he came here when he was... 18 he he didn't see his mom until like i think i was in kindergarten mm. you know um it i mean that's crazy imagine just like being away from your family for so long and like you know yeah uh, my mom was like that she she yeah. left she left to work in hong kong for uh, every two years i was eight years old two years till she'll work and then come back for a month Wow. And then she'll do that. Like, so the first time she did that, the first time she left was uh, I was eight. The first time I spent a whole year with her was I was 20, 21. Right. Wow. That's so crazy. Was, yeah. So I grew up without mom. Well, where is she now? Well, she's here in Canada. She's nice. the reason why uh, we're here in Canada. She's nice. the goat. Um, when, when did you, were you, you've always, when you left the Philippines, you were always in Canada? Yes, I haven't moved. Yeah, nice. My families are here, so I don't think I'll ever move. I love right. my family. I love. Yeah. Well, I see my family every weekend, so nice. I don't That's think close. it's gonna happen. You know, I'm very close to the family. Yeah, I'm sure you too. Yeah, yeah, for Do sure. Do you see mom and dad often or no? Yeah, um, yeah, they live in Long Island. I live in Queens. Um, mm. Every you know, every couple of weeks, I'll go there for the weekend. Um, nice. More often in the summer, but yeah, all the holidays we spend together. Mm -hmm. That's um, beautiful. Yeah. Let's talk about your miniature painting. I didn't know this is a game. I thought you were just like painting for the fun of it. Um, yeah. So it's um it's a, a tabletop war game. Um, you know the the figures that I'm painting are like squads. They're you know they're mm -hmm. like five you know, guys with machine guns, five guys with rocket launchers, a captain, you know, and it's pretty cool. Um, each, you know, each squad, each model has a points value. Mm -hmm. um, 
and like the standard game is like 2000 points. So you, you know, you build your army around that, um, you know, better units cost more money, uh, not money cost more. Well, that's actually true. Better units do cost more money, but, uh, they, they cost more points. And, um, yeah, it's, it's basically like chess, but you know, um, but nerdier, but nerdier a hundred percent. Yeah. I it's, know. I was looking at it last night. I was like, I'm like, what is this craziness? This is like, it's cool and nerdy at the same time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I, I mean, mm. COVID, I don't know, man. Like since COVID, like the hobby's blown up. There's so many people in the hobby now. You know, I go to my local hobby store in the town I grew up in. I was there last week. And, mm. you know, when I was first going to that place in like early 2020, they had a small store a small section of like Warhammer figures, paints and stuff. It's like half the freaking store now. It's like so big. Hmm. And I ask him, I'm like, Hey, you know, how are, how are these, you know, how are they selling? He's like, I'm making so much money on it. I'm like, that's great. That's, that's great. Awesome, man. Yeah. It's cool. Well, I mean, COVID, right? People get stuck. They're probably looking that, for a hobby. Right. I mean, it's the perfect hobby, hmm. you know, and a real, a true reason why. So, yeah, I know you said it earlier, but like, you know, I'm pretty introverted, you know, so like this is the perfect hobby for that, you know, mm -hmm. you just, you know, you just. I, I, the characters, are they plastic? What material are they? Uh, Yeah, it's uh, polystyrene. It's a plastic. So when you buy them, are they like built already? Because I know Gundam, you have to fix them up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Gundam too. You got to, you got to build it. Oh. Um. Yeah, you got to build it. They come in pieces. Some people like the building aspect. Not, you know, I love the painting. If if I had an option to have already built models and all I had to do was paint it, I'd love that. Mm. The building side, like, it feels like a chore to me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the painting's where it's at for me. Do you sell your items, your products? I haven't. I, I haven't. A lot of people ask me that question. Nah, I haven't. Um, it's funny, you know... I, I I like looking at it. It's funny, like I'll paint something and I'll like put it on my nightstand and I just like look at it. Like I'm, you know, I made that. Um, mm -hmm. But I would, I certainly would. Um, I'll be honest, like I don't know a lot of people. I know a lot of people from like Instagram, um, but I don't know a lot of people like nearby that are actually, you know, that play the game or, or paint. There's a few, but like, you know, they're all painting their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Um you is know. there a rule to paint, let's say a character, I don't know, like a robot? Do yeah. you, is there a rule for you to, what's the color or whatever, or is your decision? Um, so you could, you could, you know, they call it like a homebrew where like you could um, pick your own colors, you could make your own chapter, you could make your own lore, um, or you could paint like an established chapter um and then you you know you paint the colors like i play blood angels that's the guy that's your background right now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and they're like a melee forced army they you know they they like to get in close and um you know 
chop people down with like chainsaws and you know they're really like aggressive in your face kind of like play style mm. and there's you know my first army was the ultramarines which is like i like to say they're like a swiss army knife you know they're pretty good at everything you know long range shooting mid-range shooting you know melee they're they're good and um you know it's a great army to start off if you're playing um and then yeah each chapter has their own rules associated with um in the army mm. when did this game started oh man um it's been out for a while i think they just had their 30th anniversary um wow yeah it's been around and it's, it's come a long way it, it, this is one thing i love about this podcast like i meet like cer certain people that they're obsessed at things like you yeah like yeah obsessed at this uh, uh art i'm like Like this thing exists? I didn't I didn't even know this thing exists. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty niche. I mean, it's it's cool, man. If you look at the old stuff, like all those models are hand sculpted. There, you know, there's a guy that sculpted one and then they created a mold and you know, now it's all it's all like computers and stuff. It's all yeah, made 3D. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever thought of doing that? Like creating yeah. your bono your own uh, army through 3D uh, printer? Yeah, I mean, um, I've, I've looked in it. It's so crazy. 3D printers are like pretty cheap now. Hmm. Um, I'd, I'd love to get one. Um, but everyone who's in it in into it, they've said like, dude, it's a hobby on its own. Um, and, and right now, I don't want to take away from the painting side. Because, like, I feel like I'm on a roll. Um, mm. Eventually, like, you know, and also, like, I live in an apartment. Uh, I have a cat. You know, there's fumes and, like, it's all kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually, yeah, definitely, I'd, I'd like to um, buy a 3D printer and experiment with, like, you know, creating my own stuff. Mm. Though I've never said, like, hey, I think you have enough. <laughs> um. She yeah, she's pretty supportive. I mean, she's pretty like you know, it's it's like a joke, you know. But at least I think it's a joke, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, she's pretty supportive of it because she knows that like, you know, she knows that this makes me happy, and and you know, it's like you know, I'm not doing anything bad. I'm just here painting, like <laughs> nerding out, you know. And like, she didn't have to worry about anything, you mm. know. So I think she sees it as like a, you know, like a good creative outlet for me. Yeah. And worse come to worse, you can sell your bonhomes and make money off of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, you know. exactly. Has yeah. anyone ever approached you and say, yo, Mike, paint my guy? Yeah. So, so there was a time like when I first got into the hobby, somebody asked me to paint their army and I declined. I said, you know, uh, One, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people say this when they come on your podcast, but like one imposter syndrome, mm. like, you know, I, it was definitely a case of that. Like, why does he want me to paint his army? I'm like, not that good. Mm. Uh, that was a factor. And then also, you know, I was doing my own thing. I was just getting into the hobby and I, and I, I wanted to paint the shit that made me happy. Um, mm. But maybe, maybe, you know. Maybe in the future, I'll start doing commission painting. You know, the one thing that I'm afraid of and like Instagram kind of like there was a time where I was like, you know, trying to produce to post on on Instagram. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really happy. I was kind of rushing paint jobs because I just wanted to like every, every three days I wanted to post a picture of like something I painted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it felt like work and like, you know, once something feels like work, it's not a hobby anymore. Mm. And that's like, that's what I'm afraid of, you know, by doing commission paintings, you know, you're getting paid for it. You're painting, you're painting something that's not yours. Like you don't get to take it home or play with it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I work all day and then I'm going to come home and work some more. I mean, that's, you know, so, I mean, that's my thought on it, but like in the future, like, you know, when I've developed a technique that's like quick and I, you know, they're not asking for something crazy, maybe like if somebody wanted me to paint a character for them, which is like, you know, one captain or something or like one squad. Yeah, I would do that. That's Mm. cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you enjoy the process anyway. Yeah. yeah. Might as well make money on the side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, but yeah, yeah. I mean... But I understand you being an artist and like you got into it not because of money. You got into it because you love doing it. Right. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah, try to explain that to people. They're like, why don't you make money off of it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think like my, you can see my cabinet in the back, right? Hmm. It's pretty full. I think once it gets completely full, and that's not everything, I have more like behind me. Um, <laughs> I think once, um, I think once I fill everything, I might start selling like maybe my old armies. I'll, I'll hold on to like, you know, the first one I painted, but like, you know, uh, I, maybe I'll start selling off some, some stuff to like make more room for new mm. things. They come in a box, right? How many yeah. in the box? Um, so if it's a character, it's one uh, in a box. If it's uh, like a tank or like a robot, it's one in a box. If it's a squad, they'll, depending on the squad, it'll be in groups of ten, five, uh, sometimes even twenty. How much is the how much the minimum uh, price of a box? So on average, a squad costs like fifty bucks. So like fifty bucks. Yeah, and a that's a lot of money, dude. It's yeah, it's it's a lot. It's it's crazy. Um, <laughs> fifty. My wife yeah. would have killed me, bro. Yeah, it's a lot, man. I mean, they they call it people in the hobby call it pra- plastic crack. You know, it's just like, and they have they have like Games Workshop. They're the company that like you know that makes these models that makes Warhammer. Mm. Um, they have a really great business model. You know, every couple of weeks they release new models and like yeah. they're promoting them they're selling it they're sending them to influencers and like they're painting them and you're looking at them you're like oh man i want that <laughs> you know it's just you know it's crazy man it, they they really have like i don't know they make so much money oh yeah i i can bro I, like a box is fifth bro, that's a yeah. lot of money man yeah. and yeah. they probably yeah. made it in china for like a dollar right. so i try and i try and rationalize it like the amount of hours that I am enjoying it. Hmm. So I'm like, say, say something took me, you know, something took me 10 hours. Right. Um, you know, and I paid 50 bucks for it. Um, what is that? 50 bucks. That's, I don't know. I, and then I'll, I'll work out the hours I'm really not a numbers guy. That was, <laughs> um, but do you, know, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll equate it to like, you know, how much was 
this worth hourly? How much time did I spend on it? Oh, it's worth like $5 an hour. Okay. Mm. I could reason it. I mean, it's all rationalizing. It's all like, you know, convincing yourself. This is rationalization of a drug addict, to be honest. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. I've heard this math before from my neighbors back home, those drug addicts. Yep. Yep. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay, right? I mean, 50 and then 10 hours. I was so happy. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Oh, man. But hey, man, this is a positive thing. Yeah, and you seem sure. to love it. You know, your wife supports you, and that's what matters, right? It makes you happy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, um, it's cool, man. Yeah. Anyways, bro, I think we're there, and I want to say thank you so much for doing this and opening up. I know that was hard, yeah. but you open up, and I really do appreciate, it, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was tough, man. I, I was really uh, nervous to come on here, but yeah, this yeah. it was. This was really fun. Amazing. Before we go, do you want to promote your Instagram again, if you want? Yeah, sure. You could. Uh, you could find me on Instagram at Mike Newtype. Um, yeah, that's it. Again, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Of course. Have a good evening. Cool. Hey, you too. Bye. Bye. Again, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Erin Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.